everyone. Welcome to another episode of Woso Daily. I'm Joey, once again, here to uh, steer the ship. Got two new co-hosts with me. One you know from his uh, countless appearances on the Stuff Podcast. We got Greg Velasquez and also John, also known as Octane on the Discord. So, Greg, I'll start with you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Am I, am I basking or am I, uh, or, or am I suffering after last night's game? Yeah, well, I think that that's going to be the topic of conversation <laughs> for you guys on Scott, for us here. And Octane, how are you doing? Doing good. I mean, I know that Greg, if nothing else, is basking in Japan, who, who did look good. So, <laughs> yeah, Greg, I'll, that's I'll, your I mean, second team. So we'll, we'll lead off with this. Uh, my the two my team in the U.S. and my adopted team Japan for this tournament uh, combined to concede zero shots in their games I'm, yesterday. So <laughs> I know those were the. I know you picked they, some good horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they both had sort of their easiest matchup. I think. I think actually that's not even fair. Uh, I I don't know if Zambia is the easy the easy game for Japan. I actually was in, had uh, that penciled as like if Japan struggle and and crash out after I've talked them up so much, it could be uh, Barbara Banda doing the doing the business. Greg is like the Landon Donovan for the uh, Japanese <laughs> women's national team. <laughs> um. But yeah, without further ado, again, as we've done in the pod, we can jump in chronologically. And the first game to touch on is our United States women's national team. They took on Vietnam, maybe a lower scoring affair for the U.S. than we thought it could be. But Vietnam came out. They were ready to muddy up the game. I think the ref was pretty lax and let that muddying occur. Um, But Sophia Smith bagged a double in the first half. Lindsay Horan finally got her goal on an assist from Sophia later in the second half. And that's all she wrote. United States 3-0 winners over Vietnam, and they start the World Cup with a win. Greg, I'll start with you. We don't have to dive super deep into this game because that's what you guys are going to do on Scuff. But what are your kind of uh, like low-level thoughts on this game, especially as it pertains to expectation setting? Um, I guess what I would say for this match, my takeaway was that I wouldn't change your expectations too much at all. So, uh, you know, it seemed like in the the narrative had a little bit of frustration about the scoreline, and I get that, and saying, you know, we look disjointed. I don't know that we looked any more or less disjointed in this game than we have in other games, especially when you take into account uh, the level of competition. So, um, you know, we controlled everything. There was never a threat going the other way. Zero shots on on uh, allowed for us. Like 28 shots attempted a lot of them very good shots. So it wasn't like, oh, well, we just hit a bunch of speculative shots. We had this whole game in the bag the entire match. Um, So it just came down to how clean could we be? Were we super clean? No. Are we ever super, super clean in attack and possession? Also no. So my expectations are totally unchanged. I don't think uh, for me there's any any sway either way. We had a couple interesting lineup uh, decisions, which I'm eager to hear some people's thoughts on, but um, that's sort of my overall take. it's, yeah. a, it's a World Cup opener. Yeah, Octane, I'll throw it to you. Thoughts on the lineup because uh, Vlatko rolled out Alyssa Nayarinette, which we expected, a back line of Crystal Dunn, Naomi Gurma, Julie Ertz playing center back for the first time since like 2015, and Emily Fox on the right, Lindsay Horan, Andy Sullivan, and Savannah DeMello making her first ever United States start in a World Cup. And then up top, uh, the, lineup, uh, the lineup was expected, Sophie Smith, Alex Morgan, Trinity Rodman. So, Octane, thoughts on that, uh, I guess, surprising lineup and not sure everyone was 
you know, completely thrilled with it. Yeah, Julie Ertz out of nowhere uh, was really the big one. Um, and I think even Greg had pointed this out already that it was just like they knew we were going to be sending in set pieces all day. And who who better to run the front post than Julie Ertz? She's been doing it for eight years now. What else are we, what, why would we not want to do that against Vietnam again? Um, you know, to minimal effectiveness in this game. But yeah, I mean, overall, I thought DeMello looked mostly fine. Again, did a lot of what she does in NWSL. She's good at being on the ball she gets fouled a ton that's kind of uh what she does you can't get it away from her um but i guess those were the two big surprises other than that um you know again much like greg i thought it was mostly fine i mean you know everyone is we should have scored more goals and it's like if Rapino puts in that chance that Lindsay horan laughed about her missing uh and alex morgan scores her penalty then it's five nothing is it still like a horrible sky is falling you know like just those two right there that's before you get into like a whole bunch of other missed chances where they were in the box and could have done better so you know it's just those little things and uh i wasn't i wasn't super concerned because once again you know we kept them at arms like the entire time there was there was no chance vietnam was ever getting in the game do we do we think uh the lineup choices here signify any concrete conclusions a lot goes drawn or do we think uh it was just you know again the the talent and ability discrepancy here so vast that it was just a world cup game is a totally safe place to run another experiment i think it's as tara said in the call-in show afterwards that you know, we saw kind of maybe an idea, but like not kind of drawing too many conclusions, especially based on the subs. Like she's like, as she said, Kelly O'Hara, we really don't expect her to play any significant minutes. Rapino, I, I doubt it. I mean, I guess could happen. But the fact that um, Alyssa also came off the bench was a nice, nice thing to see. And then Rose Lavelle, I think for me, that's the big one, getting a good 30 minute run out at the end of the game. It's clear and as it should be that she is a starter for this team, and the question is how soon can she get 90 minutes fit? Yeah, and let's hope she can at least get a start in 65 or so uh, coming up on Wednesday against Netherlands. Octane, do you want to quickly touch on Vietnam and their play style in this game before we move on? Because I feel like uh, that's underrated in why we weren't able to score as many goals as we ended, as we did. Or should have done. Yeah, I mean, they were keeping that 5-4-1 back there and, you know, they weren't really coming out of it much. And they really made a couple, you know, good plays on us as well. Um, I thought she, you know, was probably their best player mostly because she was the most involved of any of their players. So, uh, you know, they kept their shape well. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of, you know, just absolute line breaking going on, which is what they were going for. Um and when you do that, you end up with zero shots on goal and zero XG and zero everything else. So, you know, for them, pretty much mission accomplished, I guess. They they didn't get ripped apart the way, you know, some other teams we'll talk about later did. Um, but they also obviously didn't didn't go anywhere productive with uh, going forward at all. As it pertains to the Vietnam goalkeeper, I said I would use this. I forget who said it. Oh, in yeah, this, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in the, um, the Discord, but... Hey, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. For the Vietnam well, keeper who's 5'5". I five, believe McNulty yet... may have confirmed she is the shortest goalkeeper to ever uh, save a penalty. Maybe. That's a hard stat to confirm, but five, we, may be, we, may be somewhere, we may be somewhere close with that. Yeah, she's 5'5". Five, five. I can't pronounce her name, but she is. I, she was involved. She was running, punching, doing all the things that you would expect a goalkeeper to do. So, hey, uh, you know, fair play to the keeper for keeping them in the game. Uh, she made uh, five saves. So, hey, those could, some of those could have been goals. Um, overall, I think a good game. Sophia Smith, uh, we know how good she is. She's already, you know, you know, staked her name uh, to a golden boot contender in the tournament. 
Uh, she's tied with Miyazawa from Japan on two goals. She also has an assist. So we we love uh, Smith, and she's kind of – I mean, she's going to be our, our main dog in this tournament when it comes to scoring goals. Uh, unless either of you guys have any more thoughts on this, we can move on uh, to Velasquez's adopted team, Japan, who <laughs> – I hey, they came out. There, we had some stuff with penalties and VAR, as we have in seemingly every game of the tournament. But Japan came out and I think produced the strongest uh, performance by a team in the tournament thus far. A convincing 5-0 win against Zambia. Musanda for Zambia was sent off, so they were down to 10 at the very end. But Greg, what were your initial thoughts on this Japanese team that came out and, I mean, just dominated from start to finish? So my thought was they, they looked like a Japan team. And then if you think about who we saw in She Believes, uh, that Japan side that uh, just so coordinated, like works so well together, uh, there's just this perfect harmony uh, in the way they play. They've added this element for me, and, and this could just be because of Zambia and, and the way Zambia set up and what they allowed. Uh, but Japan had this, uh, uh, fans of U.S. men's national team have heard this word a lot, verticality, uh, where they, you know, they because of their little uh, passing triangles, they draw a team up, and then they quickly hit into the space behind them in a coordinated way, um, where everyone sort of knew ahead of time what was coming. So if Japan, if that's something they can do against uh, the better teams they're playing against, and it's not just little um, paper paper cut passes where they just connect a thousand passes behind you and never really threaten uh, in behind, if they've added this against the better teams, um, then I'm feeling even better about my. Uh, prediction, which I don't even think I've officially made, but I'm predicting Japan to do well. <laughs> that's my that's my bold prediction. Yeah, I thought, I mean, Japan definitely had the best performance I've seen so far. Uh, Zambia, again, is the lowest ranked team at the tournament. And uh, also their starting goalie tore her ACL last week. And then uh, they had uh, Grace Chanda also uh, is in the hospital with an illness and is missing the whole tournament. Haven't really heard an update on that, but that doesn't sound good at all. So they were, they're, they're really up against it. Also, they haven't been paid in two years, apparently, by their federation. So Zambia is in a rough spot. But yeah, Japan, I mean, just tore them up by the end of the the second half it was yeah they were just getting pretty much whatever they wanted and the whole you know the zambia that we i think everyone has seen the highlights of where you know they hit uh barbara bond on the counter uh get her one-on-one with somebody and just have her run at them which is terrifying japan just has that back three that they just don't move you know they just keep it back there they use everybody else to attack that back three does not come up they don't get out of position there's just no chance of a counter for her against them that whole game even when they could get it up to her that she wasn't going anywhere one defender would engage the other two would drop back she wasn't she wasn't going to be able to get a one-on-one with anybody it was you know it's hard to win checkers when the other team or the other player doesn't move their back line japan didn't move their back line (laughs) Speaking of our uh, speaking of our domestic league NWSL, Greg, in- interested to hear your thoughts on uh, June Endo, who put on a show on the left oh, flank. Yeah. She scored. She was lively. Had an assist as well. What can you say about June Endo in this game? So uh, June Endo, and I mean, it's again, it's team wide. It just looks like a team that knows exactly what they're doing to set their players up uh, for the best spaces. So uh, you know, the patterns that stood out to me, uh, the repeated sort of very intentional stuff um, involved Junendo a lot. And it was basically just, I mean, it sounds basic to say, but it'd be like Japan would have their passing triangles on the right side of the field. And then they would eventually have a little layoff back to a center mid sort of holding a little deeper. And then that center mid would just almost instantly sweep, like in a sweeping move, find Junendo arriving late on the weak side. And then Endo would have a bunch of space. But the other thing Japan were looking for was that early cross low behind Zambia's back line. 
and it, it wouldn't even like necessarily, you wouldn't even be able to see that your teammate running onto it, but you just knew she was going. So, uh, I mean, what they have like three goals chalked off for, yep, for like fractions ran, of an inch. They offside. ran the whole offside gambit. Yeah. Three yeah. different times. <laughs> so they were just looking for that every time. And if you get, if you get the flag, cause it's really tight, so be it. But, uh, I mean, a couple of their goals also came, uh, from that pattern where it's just curl the ball into the space behind that retreating back line and trust that your player will win the race to it. Um, and, and again, it's not the home run kind of a ball. It's a very coordinated uh, move. And it's just, if you if you like coaching soccer, make sure you watch Japan, even the replay, if you didn't catch it live. Just watch this game again. Yeah, for sure. And Octane, you can have the final thought on this game. Obviously, it's going to get tougher for Japan as we move forward in the group. They play Costa Rica next and then finish off with Spain. What do you think this team is going to be able to do against a higher level of competition, especially after... They show these kind of repeatable, uh, high-performing patterns um, that they produce so well on in this game. So I think Japan-Costa Rica is probably not going to look too uh, dissimilar to our game against Vietnam. Those are two pretty similar level teams. Japan uh, probably, you know, a little bit more organized than us, a little bit better in the uh, attacking third. So uh, I don't really see them having too much trouble there. Then again, this is the World Cup, you know, one game uh, in a knockout tournament. You never really know, but I'd be shocked if that didn't go very similarly. That Japan-Spain game, man, that might be the best uh, group game of the tournament, honestly. Uh, That's going to be one to watch, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I haven't checked what time it is. I'm going to go ahead and guess it's at 3 a.m. or something, but I'm going to make an effort to, uh, to, to definitely catch that one. Um, Spain didn't Spain didn't look as good as Japan. I went and re, back and rewatched the Spain game. I don't think they looked as good as Japan. I mean, they were playing a, definitely a better opponent in Costa Rica. But uh, yeah, Japan, like I said, I think has put on the best performance so far of the tournament. It is only game one. But yeah, as of right now, I think that they are uh, they've set the standard for sure. <laughs> Well, and Spain allowed one shot in their game, so they did see, yeah, their infinitely more, <laughs> infinitely more than both uh, Japan and the U.S. combined. <laughs> That's yeah. So again, I know, I know that we've between the U.S., Spain, and Japan, we've we've sort of those three teams have played fairly weak opposition, uh, but they've definitely set a, sent a message, in my opinion, that uh, I agree uh, that they're solid contenders. And again, Spain and Japan are our most likely quarterfinal opponents. One of those two. So um, you talk about. Uh, what this tournament has in store, and it's 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 going to be tough. It's uh, it's tough. So no matter how how good we're feeling about the U.S. or how worried we are, that quarterfinal matchup going forward is a uh, tough outs. Yeah, for sure. I don't for remember sure. who tweeted this, but the, yeah, the U.S. has given up one goal in 2023, I believe. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah, we we are really good for all all the handering that yeah. people do around our team. We're really good. Um. We can move forward, continue uh, recapping the games that have just kind of finished up. England won Haiti nil, a game that I guess if you're England, you're disappointed because the run of play was all England. But certainly Haiti had a few chances that they could have tied this game. Um, they, uh, I think it was Dumernay or I forget who it was, um, right at 80th minute or so, had a good, basically a 1v1 opportunity um, to tie it up at one and Mary Earps came up big as she did a few times in this game. Uh, Georgia Stanway bagged the only goal for England and they take a somewhat shaky three points to open their world cup. Octane, do you have any thoughts on this game? Um, and for England moving forward, do you think that this was an aberration or do you think that, you know, they just got unlucky and variants kind of bit them? 
Well, for one, they scored their penalty. So huge advantage over a lot of teams in the tournament right now, because that has been a just something that has inexplicably gone horribly wrong for almost everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is kind of how, uh, for all of everyone deciding England is the favorite. And again, England is really good. I would never say that they're not. Uh, this has been them recently. They have struggled to score goals recently. And uh, this is not a, I wouldn't say this is an out of character performance, at least from their last uh, few months. Uh, they played Portugal 0-0. They played Australia, lost 2 nothing uh they played uh brazil it was a 1-1 game you know they haven't really been hitting those five six nothings we saw in the euros uh obviously they have a lot of injuries so you know that's definitely affecting things but you know this this isn't uh necessarily the full strength england and this is kind of the performances they've been putting in i think the final xg actually let me make sure here final xg was like 2.76 to 0.62 so you know a comfortable win but not anything you know they weren't dropping five nothing on them or anything like that most likely uh this was this was a game that honestly haiti could have stolen a point off of and it's still for haiti this is still i mean uh, a positive result i would say because for oh, them definitely. to get through there's there's plenty of pathways through for them where only losing 1-0 to england uh will end up being a winning result because uh if anyone else loses to england by two you know then then haiti have gained on them for that second spot out of this group and de mornay uh is an what a is, player is a yeah is a force so um you know if anyone if anyone was listening to scuff way back in the summer of 2022 and uh <laughs> the, the women's championship for Concacaf was going on when we played haiti i think we won three zero but du mornay was the best player on the field and that i'll is say a, she put becky sauerbrunn in the dirt she did <laughs> <laughs> and that was i mean that is a that is a solid outfit of u.s talent obviously yep. that remains incredible and De Mornay was like, I, I can I can play with these players and I can nah, actually great. be better. She's so, really good. So they're they're in it. I mean, I feel like they are still very much in the discussion uh, to get out of this group. And I'm really hoping they do because, again, she is a treat to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, quick shout out before we uh, cover the other half of that group. Uh, Curly Thews, I think. I don't, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. But the Haitian goalkeeper stood on her head. Ten saves was incredible. Um and almost did enough uh, to see her team earn at least a point, but uh, they weren't able to bag a goal. And Georgia Stanway buried her penalty, and that's that was the difference in the game. England won Haiti nil, and we can move to the other half of that group. Denmark uh, just just took all three against China. Vansgaard with an 89th minute header, a long header, maybe like a 15 yard header off a corner that snuck its way in and just barely takes all three points for the Danes. But this was certainly a game that, and uh, Ryan and Tara talked about this yesterday, that what Denmark will we see and what China will we see? And we saw a Denmark team that I thought was not very opportunistic. They had plenty of opportunities going forward that they just weren't able to find the final pass or convert on. And I felt like China even though they, they sat back, especially in the second half, which is the half that I saw um, in, in totality, even though Denmark was pushing forward and trying to bag that goal with their, I mean, incredible attacking talent, um, Pernille Harder leading the line, China was very opportunistic and was ready to pounce whenever Denmark made a mistake. And that happened quite a bit. They almost scored at the end, but it was unfortunate for the Chinese. But coming out of this game, if you're China, I think you're relatively happy with the performance. And if you're Denmark, I mean, I think they're vulnerable enough that Haiti could 100% steal a point or maybe even all three against them. So, Greg, what do you think this group is going to shape up like? Because I think 
just based off the first match day, it's a pretty even group. Yeah, I think so. But I think England will end up shading the group. Uh, and I think I'm going to call it comfortably, even if it's not easy. I think I think they'll sort of have it in the bag going into the last day. Uh, and then um, I'm, I'm still sticking with Haiti. I just feel like uh, they've got the they've got the talent to do it um, again. De Mornay stands out, but the rest of that team, you know, when they went through CONCACAF, uh, is, is organized enough, right? Like, it's not like it's, I mean, it's not, it's not clown shoe stuff back there. Like they've got a solid enough team that they, they can do this where I'm, I'm putting it on Haiti to get out of this group. Yeah. Octane, any thoughts on that group? God, I really hope Haiti gets out of it. That would be so cool. <laughs> I mean, Denmark, I feel like Denmark and China are actually a lot, uh, closer i guess together than maybe uh people would uh think i think i i don't have the fifa rankings in front of me but i'm pretty sure they're they're actually pretty close china's you know obviously as we know from uh past world cups china's you know had a woman uh a decent women's program for a while and they're they're not bad um so they're pretty good but i mean nothing in this would tell you that again like no one in this no one in this group looks to be completely out of it the way maybe you know a zambia did or uh you know maybe a costa rica does in that other group you know in this one it looks like oh well we got two i mean just look at the scores we got two one nothing wins yeah. so you know we're getting a real getting real group of chaos vibes from this and i really hope it plays out with uh our Concacaf friends uh enjoying the spoils and getting second place <laughs> yeah that would be a ton a ton of fun and that's in group d uh, yes, yes. Two, yeah, two one zero results. England and Denmark do slide to the top of that group, but China and Haiti still have it all to play for and produce pretty good performances in the first match day. That's basically all we got in terms of the games that have just transpired. We'll quickly look ahead, and uh, the first game on the docket at 1 a.m. Eastern time coming up is Sweden and South Africa for Sweden. The Olympic silver medalists, the third place uh, team in the last World Cup. Greg, any thoughts on what you might see with the Sweden team and how do you think they're going to fare against South Africa? So on this one, I genuinely have no idea. I'm going to be learning about them as we're watching. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be like stepping into the Olymp- like an Olympic event and just being like, ah, who's playing? What what do we know about them? So for me, this is going to be uh, one of the fun parts of a World Cup is discovery, the discovery of yeah. uh, what other teams offer. And they got great players, right? Like, just look up top. Oh, Black yeah. Stenius, Aslani, like, that, that's a solid they, front two. They, they have been a thorn in our side many times for a reason, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they, can, they can produce at a high level. Um, and I will be interested to see what South Africa can do as well. Again, yeah. I, it's a learning process for some of these. Teams. They are mostly domestic based, I think. Okay. I mean, they're they're getting they're getting out of that a little bit. I know uh, Keglana is on uh, Racing Louisville actually. Um, usually starts up top for them. Um, I think they have a couple midfielders also. I think one is at uh, Glasgow City. Um, but yeah, a lot of their team is uh, based in South Africa. So I cannot say I have watched a ton of the South African league. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, Kaglana can uh, can bag one. That's what I'm going for because go, you know, NWSL representation. <laughs> yeah, Janine Van Wick from Glasgow City, defender for them. Uh, Riffalo Jane is uh, from Sassuolo. And the, you said uh, Kaglana from Racing Louisville. They have another player from uh, FC Juarez in Mexico. So, yeah, they're not quite all domestic, but, yeah, still pretty close to that. Uh, we'll see what they're able to do against Sweden. Uh, the other game in our group, Group E, Netherlands and Portugal, that'll be a game that I think um, will be top of the list for all of us USWNT fans because it'll be interesting to see what the what Netherlands and Portugal can do in their first run out as we're going to 
play Netherlands on Wednesday and Portugal after that. Greg, I, I guess this is the the one that is of a ton of interest to us. So is there anything you're expecting to see or are you like, what's your wish heading into this game? Uh, my wish here is that the Netherlands are just an attacking uh, force of nature. I want to see it. I mean, they have, they have been recently in some of their friendlies. Uh, that's sort of been their MO since the 2017 Euros. Um, and I know they are down their all-time leading scorer in Vivian Medina, who's only like 26 years old, 27 years old, which is incredible. I think she became their all-time leading scorer at like age 23. Uh, but they still have, they still have plenty uh, of attacking firepower. And so I want that. Like I want our game against them to be against a, a Netherlands team that is clicking like all cylinders. And I just want to, so that's what I want to see. I don't want them to look disjointed against Portugal. Uh, I think they're a much better team than Portugal. And I want them to look at in this game so when we play them on Wednesday, it is two teams like at, at the full extent of what they're capable of, or at least our opponent is, and we get to really test ourselves. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Octane, do you have any thoughts on what Portugal can be? Because that could be the sneaky thorn in our side in this group because we got the three points. If we're able to, against Vietnam, if we're able to get the three points against Portugal, we will go through, and then it just uh, comes down to what we do against the Netherlands in the midweek. But do you think this Portugal side could threaten us? Portugal's been uh, okay recently. They did tie England uh, before the tournament started. They had to squeak in uh, through the intercontinental playoff. So, uh, I mean, they definitely have some players. It would not be a surprising result, I wouldn't say, if they managed to pull an upset. But, I mean, they're definitely not favored. Uh, I expect expect the Netherlands to win this one. They're usually pretty good at uh, breaking people down. Obviously, again, as Greg said, missing uh, Medima is going to be a big loss. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that that game on Wednesday is going to be for top of the group and i'm hoping it is because our most fun games are the games where both teams are playing you know every time we play canada every time we play you know someone who's gonna actually come back at us every once in a while those are the fun games we get in transition that's when we that's when we can shine yeah that's why that's when sophia smith can shine for sure and then the final game coming up it'll be 6 a.m on the east coast early sunday morning france against jamaica jamaica are Concacaf brethren what do you think they're going to be able to do greg against uh, a french powerhouse really so no idea what jamaica's gonna be able to do against them it's so difficult to to take one of the Concacaf teams with uh, a lot of like limited uh um exposure and and project how they're going to do on this stage against like a, a blue blood um so uh I'm glad that France sort of the players sort of got what they wanted in in the uh, replacement of their coach that they hadn't enjoyed for uh, a couple of cycles now. Um, So I'm also excited to see what France can do. I'm hoping that they come out and look like free uh, and, and, you know, uh, playing without sort of that weight. Uh, But, but I mostly, again, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, I feel like France really, uh, you know, they got Herve Renard now as their manager, who many uh, people will remember from various African teams in AFCON and World Cup past. And they, they I mean, they really seem to be thriving. Uh, I think they lost to Australia right before the World Cup. But other than that, I mean, they were beating everybody, putting up, you know, three, five goals in some of these games. Um, I I expect them to win this one. And they have looked good recently. And I, I hope it continues for them because, again, they've always had all the talent in the world. Uh, so you've heard this one. France always had all the talent in the world and then struggles at the World Cup. You know, it's kind of uh, it's kind of what happens program wide, I guess, sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, I hope much, you know, they can break through and, and really actually make some noise here. 
Yeah, they were th- uh, one three zero against uh, Ireland in the pre World Cup friendly, and then went to Australia and lost one zero in that final tune up. But yeah, we know that this team is stacked, and if you just look at their roster, you do a little Club FC. It's PSG, it's Lyon, basically up and down the lineup, and those are two um, powerhouses in you know women's soccer worldwide. So we'll see what. Um, France is going to be able to do in this World Cup, and they kick it off with Jamaica. You know, here's polling for a Concacaf, uh, you know, victory because we, as we, always, yeah, we, yeah, we support the teams <laughs> our confederation, but it's going to be a tough task against France. Any final thoughts from you two? No, man, another another fun day, uh, another fun morning, and uh, let's do it again. Yeah, we're gonna try and catch up on some uh, some games I missed last night. But yeah, other than that, I think it's been uh, it's been a fun tournament so far. Super cool. Thank you two for joining me. Thank you listeners for listening. We will be back tomorrow for another episode of Woso Daily. Until then, we'll see you.